Good morning, saints. I'm thankful to be with you this morning here on the Bible Podcast. Today is February 6th. We're reading Leviticus chapters 10, 11, and 12. Let's get started. Leviticus chapter 10. Aaron's sons, Nadab and Nabihu, set light to their incense burners using ordinary fire and put in incense and in this way offered forbidden fire in the Lord's presence, something he had not authorized. Fire came out of the Lord's presence and burned them up. They died in the Lord's presence. Now, just to simplify, uh, the term using ordinary fire is supplied for clarity. Forbidden, used here, means strange or alien. Clearly, the issue was acting in disobedience to God's explicit commands regarding the way in which such items were to be used in his service. The fire was to come from the altar. Moses explained to Aaron, This is what the Lord was talking about when he said, I will show my holiness to those who approach me. I will reveal my glory so everyone can see. But Aaron didn't reply. Moses called Mishael and Elzaphan, sons of Aaron's uncle Uziel, and told them, Come and carry away the bodies of your cousins and take them outside the camp, away from the front of the sanctuary. They came and picked them up by their clothes and took them outside the camp as Moses had ordered. Then Moses told Aaron and his sons Eleazar and Ithamar, Do not leave your hair uncombed, and don't tear your clothes in mourning. Otherwise you will die, and the Lord will be angry with everyone. But your relatives and all the other Israelites may mourn for those the Lord killed by fire. Don't go outside the entrance to the tent of meeting, or you will die, because you have been anointed by the Lord. They did what Moses said. The Lord told Aaron, you and your descendants must not drink wine or any other alcohol when you go into the tent of meeting, otherwise you will die. This regulation is for all time and for all future generations. You must realize the difference between the holy and the ordinary, between clean and unclean, so you can teach the Israelites all the regulations that the Lord has given to them through Moses. Moses told Aaron and his two sons who were left, Eleazar and Ithamar, Take the grain offering that is left over from the food offerings given to the Lord and eat it without yeast beside the altar, because it is most holy. You must eat it in a holy place because it is the share for you and your descendants from the food offerings given to the Lord. This is what I have been ordered. You and your male and female descendants can eat the breast of the wave offering and the thigh contribution anywhere that is ceremonially clean, because you and your descendants have been given these as your share from the peace offerings of the Israelites. The thigh contribution and the breast of the wave offering, as well as the fat portions of the food offerings made, they are to bring and wave as a wave offering before the Lord. They belong to you and your children forever, as the Lord has ordered. Moses checked what had happened to the goat of the sin offering and found out that it had been burned. He got angry with Eleazar and Ithamar, the sons Aaron had left, and asked them, Why didn't you take the sin offering and eat it in the holy place? Because it is most holy, and it was given to you to take away the people's guilt by making them right before the Lord. As its blood was not taken into the holy place, you should have eaten it in the sanctuary area, as I ordered. So Aaron explained to Moses, Look, it was today that they presented their sin offering and their burnt offerings before the Lord. After all, that's just happened to me, so... Would the Lord have been pleased if I'd eaten the sin offering today? When Moses heard what Aaron had to say, 
he accepted the explanation. Chapter 11. The Lord told Moses and Aaron, Give these instructions to the Israelites. These are the animals you are allowed to eat. Any animal that both has a divided hoof and also chews the cud. However, if it either chews the cud or has divided hoof, then you may not eat it. These include the camel, which, though it chews the cud, doesn't have a divided hoof, so it is unclean for you. The rock hyrax, which, though it chews the cud, doesn't have divided hoof, so it's unclean for you. The hare, which, though it chews the cud, doesn't have divided hoof, so it is unclean for you. The pig, which, though it has divided hoof, doesn't chew the cud, so it is unclean for you. You are not to eat their meat or touch their dead bodies. They are unclean for you. You are allowed to eat any creature with fins and scales that lives in the water, whether in the sea or in fresh water. But you are not allowed to eat any of the many creatures that don't have fins and scales that live in the water, whether in the sea or in fresh water. They are repulsive. You must not eat their meat, and you must treat their dead bodies as repulsive. And the word repulsive here is used not only in a sensory way, but also in the sense that they are ceremonially unclean. As for the birds, these must not be eaten because they are repulsive or ceremonially unclean. The eagle, the griffin vulture, bearded vulture, buzzard, kite, and similar birds of prey. Any raven or crow, tawny owl, long-eared owl, gulls, or any kind of hawk. Little owl, fish owl, eagle owl, barn owl, desert owl, Egyptian vulture, storks, and any kind of heron, hoopoe, and bats. All flying insects that crawl are repulsive to you. But you can eat the following kinds of flying insects that crawl. Those that have jointed legs they use to jump. So in this category, you can eat any kind of locust, bog locust, cricket, or grasshopper. All other flying insects that crawl are repulsive to you and will make you unclean. If you touch their dead bodies, you will be unclean until the evening. And if you pick up one of their dead bodies, you must wash your clothes and you will be unclean until the evening. Every animal with hooves that are not divided or that does not chew the cud is unclean for you. If you touch any of them, you will be unclean. Any four-legged animal that walks on its paws are unclean for you. If you touch their dead bodies, you will be unclean until the evening. And if you pick up one of their dead bodies, you must wash your clothes, and you will be unclean until the evening. They are unclean for you. The following animals that run along the ground are unclean for you. Rats, mice, any kind of large lizard, gecko, monitor lizard, wall lizard, skinks, and chameleon. These animals that run along the ground are unclean for you. If you touch a dead one of them, you will be unclean until the evening. If such an animal dies and falls on something, that object will be unclean. This is true whether the object is made of wood, cloth, leather, or burlap. Whatever its use, you must dip it in water and it will remain unclean until evening. Then it will become ceremonially clean. If one of them falls into a clay pot, all that's in it becomes unclean. You must smash the pot. If water from that pot touches any food, that food becomes unclean. And any drink from a pot like that also becomes unclean. Anything that one of their dead bodies falls on becomes unclean. If it's an oven or a stove, it must be smashed. It is permanently unclean for you. On the other hand, if it's a spring or cistern containing water, then it will remain clean. But if you touch one of these dead bodies in it, 
you will be unclean. Similarly, if one of their dead bodies falls on any seed used for sowing, the seed remains clean. But if the seed has been soaked in water and one of their dead bodies falls on it, it is unclean for you. If an animal that you are allowed to eat dies, anyone who touches the dead body will be unclean until evening. If you eat anything from the dead body, you must wash your clothes and you will be unclean until evening. If you pick up the dead body, you must wash your clothes and you will be unclean until evening. Every animal that crawls along the ground is repulsive. You must not eat it. Don't eat any animal that crawls along the ground, whether it moves on its belly or walks on four feet or many feet. All such animals are ceremonially unclean. Don't defile yourselves by any such crawling animal. Don't make yourselves unclean or defiled by them, because I am the Lord your God. So dedicate yourselves and be holy, because I am holy. Don't defile yourselves by any animal that crawls along the ground. I am the Lord who led you out of Egypt so that I could be your God. So be holy, because I am holy. These are the regulations about animals, birds, everything that lives in the water, and all animals that crawl along the ground. You must recognize the difference between unclean and clean, between those animals that can be eaten and those that can't. Chapter 12. The Lord told Moses, Give these instructions to the Israelites. Any woman who becomes pregnant and has a boy she will be unclean for one week, in the same way that she is unclean during her period. The boy's foreskin must be circumcised on the eighth day. The woman must wait a further 33 days for the purification of her bleeding. She's not allowed to touch anything holy, and she's not allowed to enter the sanctuary until her time of purification is finished. If a woman has a daughter, she will be unclean for two weeks, in the same way that she is unclean during her menstrual period. The woman must wait a further 66 days for the purification of her blood. Once the time of purification is finished for either a son or daughter, the woman must bring a year-old lamb as a burnt offering and a young pigeon or turtle dove as a purification offering. She is to bring her offerings to the priest at the entrance of the tent of meeting. The priest will then present them to the Lord to purify her, so she will be clean from her bleeding. These are the regulations for a woman after she's had a son or daughter. If a woman can afford to bring a lamb, she is to bring two turtle doves or two young pigeons. One is for the burnt offering and the other for the purification offering. The priest will offer them to purify her and she will be clean. Looking back in history, Princess Elizabeth Alexandra Mary ascended to Britain's throne on this day in 1952. She suddenly became Elizabeth II, Queen of the United Kingdom of Great Britain and Northern Ireland, and head of the Commonwealth. Elizabeth succeeded her father, King George VI, who had died on the same day. Elizabeth's father had become king in 1936, after his older brother, King Edward VIII, gave up the throne to marry a divorced American woman. This event greatly changed the course of a 10-year-old Elizabeth's wife. It made her heir to the throne, since George VI had no sons, and she was the older of his two daughters. Looking in at these scriptures, privilege implies responsibility. As Queen Elizabeth soon found out, she could never again have any sort of normal life because of the status that had been given her. Now she had to be totally dedicated to her position. The priests of ancient Israel were also given positions of tremendous privilege. 
they too had to assume a lifestyle that others in the nation did not know. They were to represent men to God and God to men. This high and holy calling demanded that they be totally dedicated to the Lord. The anointing they received set them apart. When Aaron's two anointed sons violated their sacred positions, disaster resulted. Looking deeper, we must not modify or corrupt God's commands. Aaron's sons decided to do things their own way, and it was a tragic mistake that cost their lives. There is a responsibility beyond personal pain. Aaron and his family were not permitted to grieve over the loss of Aaron's sons and couldn't leave their area of service. God is interested in our physical well-being as well as our spiritual health. Laws in Leviticus not only dealt with spiritual matter, but also those things that keep us healthy. Being God's people demands a unique lifestyle. The Israelites were not to act and react like other nations. They were to be leaders of righteousness, just as we are to be. Childbirth is bittersweet. Joy for a new life and sadness for a man's sinful condition. The unique purification ceremony reminds us of the sacredness of a new life. Ending with this prayer. Help me, Lord, to remember that your calling on my life is wonderful, but it does demand a dedication that goes beyond my own convenience or pain. We can find this scripture in Jeremiah 15, verse 16. Your words were found, and I ate them, and your word was to me the joy and rejoicing of my heart, for I am called by your name, O Lord God of hosts. In 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 7, it teaches us that the genuineness of your faith, being much more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Amen. Thanks for tuning in and looking forward to being with you as we work our way through Leviticus. We'll meet up again in Leviticus chapter 13.